I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Listeners should refer to the disclaimer in the episode notes and at the end of this podcast. Australian Shareholders Association held Investor Conference 2022 in Melbourne in May at the Sofitel Hotel. It was a great event for members and the many sponsors. It was the first large conference many had attended for a while, and there was a detectable sense of relief that we could all get together. In this episode, I've tried to capture the spirit of the conference, talking with ASA staff and many of the sponsors. Let's hear from our CEO, Rachel Waterhouse. We've had one and a half days. We had a fantastic day yesterday with many great speakers, including Diane Smith-Gander. We also talked about the digitalisation of health. And last night we had Marcus Padley, which uh, we were all having a good old laugh. So it was good fun. Someone told me that um, Marcus's presentation was quite unusual, that um, he wasn't just doing a boilerplate recitation of, oh, this is the market, this is what I look at, the view of the market. He was actually a bit more in-depth and nuanced than that. I'd say it was Marcus, Marcus Padley and what you would expect from him. It was hilarious. Lots of different views. He talked about diversification and the benefits of one stock. And if you only had one stock, how much research would you put into it? So that's a good question for all of us to really investigate the companies that we're putting our money into. Some highlights of the conference for you. The honorary Nicola Roxon was fantastic. Hester have so much capital that they're investing and they're thinking around long-term returns but also making long-term change for society and what they do was, was really interesting. And I think the organisation seems to be very good this year. Everything's very tight, running to a tight schedule and um, a really interesting array of guests. Yeah, the difference between last year and this year, and last year was amazing, and that was my first Australian Shareholders Association conference, was the mix between having panels and individual speakers. So there are more panels this year, which is great, because then you have diversity of thought right in front of you, and you have multiple experts that you can ask questions of. And what about the MC? Uh, the MC, Andrew Page. He has been fantastic, bringing his investing intelligence along and also just good humour. My name's Andrew Page, founder and managing director of strawman.com. It's scary out there at the moment, so I, I, I felt it important to acknowledge that. But for the ASA members, it's not their first rodeo. And the point that I wanted to make is the observation that I have is that whenever as investors we look forward, we see the potential or the prospect for a market correction or a market crash as this big risk. But whenever we're looking backwards, we always see these as opportunities. It's the same thing, but in retrospect, we see it as not this scary thing, but this thing that 
wow. And the regret isn't, wow, I could have and should have sold and done all this stuff. The regret is I didn't swing hard enough, you know, or, or perhaps I capitulated at the wrong time. So, you know, who knows, Phil, where the market's going to go. Right. None of us know, but I do know that as long as humanity continues, that it's probably worth, provided you've got some good quality companies. It's um, betting on humanity, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Stay put, and not everyone's in this situation, but if you've got a bit of dry powder, take advantage of it. And doesn't mean things won't get lower. They could. Um, but it's not about picking bottoms. It's about compounding. And the number one rule of compounding is don't interrupt it. Steve Matt, current chair of the ASA, and uh, yeah, really been enjoying the conference, obviously. Uh, you know, a few little minor hiccups here or there, but overall it's going really well. It's a fantastic conference, and uh, the, the quality of the guests and the presenters have been amazing. So tell us about some of the ones and the highlights. Absolutely. Well, look, I really enjoyed Nicola Roxon yesterday morning. Very impressive person. I think she, uh, she first got elected to Parliament, I think, when she was 31 multiple ministerial positions along the way and now she's chairing Hester, one of our big super funds. So she gave us a really good insight into you know, how super funds are managing their investments and in particular how they're trying to engage with the companies they invest in to drive some, some positive change over time in the way that they govern those, those businesses and the way they um, manage their investments. So I also really enjoyed Sir Ronald Cohen today. He talked uh, about impact investing and Probably my takeaway there was that there are, it sounds like, some standards starting to emerge that are going to make it much easier for us as small shareholders or retail shareholders to, to figure out whether companies are, are giving us the full story or, um, you know, the, the truth, if you like, as opposed to marketing spin or greenwashing that's a concern for some people. I also enjoyed Diane Smith-Gander's um, presentation, and um, she is the chair of a number of companies. She didn't want to talk about AGL. That's right, yeah. She was under under a bit of pressure on AGL everything, yeah, but, with everything going on there, but she's also the chair of ZIP, so, mm. um, you know, she was very, I thought, honest and frank about what's been happening in that buy now, pay later space that Which ZIP's is, a part of. Which is, you know, facing a few challenges lately. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So she was, you know, I thought she was really good answering questions again and kind of painting the picture for where they see that going over time. So, yeah, another really high-quality space speaker that you got to hear from and, uh, and again, ask some great questions. Okay, so we've just come out of the morning session, which um, I think the final speaker was Mark LaMonica from Morningstar. Yeah, so look, I, I don't know Mark really well, but I do think he's a great educator and he gave a really interesting presentation on the ways that as regular shareholders, we could develop an edge. And he talked a lot about the behavioural side of it, you know, things that we can do to think much more long-term and behave much more long-term as, as investors. He also talked a bit about moats and, you know, how Morningstar look at companies and try and figure out which ones have got a sustainable kind of competitive advantage or that, that moat idea that Buffett coined many years ago, I think. So really interesting presentation from Mark and certainly some good practical tips I think we could all take away that didn't involve, you know, specific stock picks necessarily. Because he was his whole, thesis is that um, it's not about what you invest in, but how you invest exactly. and managing your own mindset. That's right. And, and he made a really good point that there's lots of different ways to invest in the market and lots of different types of investors. And it's important that you figure out which one suits your personality. You know, some people like investing in small caps, maybe some people like dividends, some people like growth stocks. Those are all, you know, legitimate ways to invest, but you've got to figure out ideally which one of those suits you and suits your style and which one, you know, you feel most comfortable pursuing 
and then you know get your process and your system and your behaviour right to take advantage of that style over the long term. Because every every system or every style is going to have its ups and downs, obviously. So yeah, really good presentation, I thought, from Mark. And we've also had the, our inaugural Academy Awards for companies we last did. night. Yeah. Uh, tell us about the results. Well, yeah, new initiative. It's the first time we've ever done that, in, uh, as far as I'm aware, uh, where we we gave out some awards to some of our wonderful volunteers. So we had a convener of the year and a monitor of the year that we recognised for the first time. Every state put up a nomination and um, and then the, the voting panel got to decide who they thought was the most outstanding for the year. So you'll see some more info about that in Rachel's emails to everyone over the coming weeks. And then we also had two company awards. So we, uh, we basically had the governance of the year and then the enhanced governance awards. So uh, Oz Minerals and BHP were the two winners of those awards. And again, great recognition, we thought, for a couple of companies that are, that are doing things really well in terms of governing their companies and, and treating their shareholders with respect. Again, every state got to make a nomination there as well. So uh, first time we've done it, I'm sure over time we'll be able to improve it and make it even better. But yeah, great to recognise some outstanding volunteers and some great companies as well. I'm Diane Smith-Gander and I'm the chairman of Zipco. So thanks very much for coming and joining us today. I enjoyed the presentation this morning. I always enjoy coming to talk to people at the ASA. So tell me about Zipco and um, kind of the topics that you did cover during the presentation. Well, Zip is a fintech disruptor and the markets haven't been for the faint-hearted for fintechs over the last few months. We saw the uh, share price graph. Yes, the share price went up. I will point out that it did go up significantly after I was appointed chairman, so there was definitely a chairman's bump, but it's been pretty much a downhill ride since then. And I think this is because the external markets have changed so much. And so what people value in a fintech is starting to look very different. So at Zip, we need to make sure that we keep our eyes on what our core superpowers are, which is about lending short-term credit to consumers with a particular set of needs and putting them in control of their financial future. And uh, it's a particular demographic that uh, you're looking at as being the, the target market for Zipco, isn't it? Yes, we are into people that like apps mm -hmm. and people that like apps are into us. So it is the Gen Z, the millennials, those that are not that inspired with legacy financial institutions. They are a bit suspicious of credit cards. They've seen, you know, some of the sad, bad news stories about the problems people get themselves into. And so they're looking for a different way to manage their finances. They're also very savvy in the way they get that information and they're much more transparent about their finances than people of my generation were. I'm always amazed how quickly they'll talk about how much money they earn, how much money they've spent on what the mistakes they've made financially and also, you know, the wins that they've had. So I think they're very different in that way, which is a good thing, really. But we know that the product offerings always evolve and people's um, understanding evolves over time. So when I look at some of these young people, I think, good heavens, they make me feel like I was pretty much a cave dweller at their age. And uh, especially young women now are taking uh, their financial lives much more in hand, aren't they? Yes. I think the old idea that a man was a financial plan has been thrown out with the dishwater pretty much. And people see that this is not a good way to plan your life. Fantastic, Diane. Thank you very much for your time. Very much my pleasure. I'm Lee Gant. I'm the Education and Events Manager for the Australian Shareholders Association. And pretty new one as well. I am, yes. Started at the end of uh, 2021. So first conference. It's uh, the highlight of my year at least. So I'm glad to see that it's going well so far. How much work was it? 
<laughs> a lot, a mm. lot. Yes, coordinating sponsors, speakers, of course, our delegates, and everyone in between is is quite an effort. But you know, lucky we've got a great team uh, at the ASA, and we got it all together just in time. I think very unique organisation. Uh, you know, it's something that's been around for so long and has a great name for itself. Yet it could also be so much more, and that's what I'm really excited to work with the association on is making a bridge to other audiences and really establishing our authority in the education space for investing, not just with self-funded retirees, but from everyone who is thinking about getting investing to someone who's you know, experienced and active in their, in their practice. So my name's Navar Chushlo, and I'm the founder of Navexa, which is a portfolio tracking and tax reporting platform across stocks and cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's a very interesting time at the moment. I think performance tracking is more important than ever, especially in a downturn. For people who are serious investors, they need to know what's performing well and what isn't so that they can make smart decisions. I think a lot of newcomers, they'll be They'll be out of the market just as quick as they came in. But yeah, I think from everyone else's point of view, now's a, a good time to really increase your financial literacy and, and, and know what you're doing so you're prepared because we don't really know what's to come over the next few months. Could be recession, maybe we'll avoid it again. Time will tell. So you developed Navex, so when did you start working on it? So I started it as a side project back in 2017 when I was working at uh, MLC Life Insurance. So I'd just gotten into investing a few years before and I was looking for some good tools to help me on the journey. And as a software developer, I thought, you know, how hard can it be to make one of these things? Turns out it was extremely difficult, but here we are today with quite an advanced platform. Cool Raj Lidar from iPartners. iPartners is a uh, alternative um, investment platform that democratises into smaller chunks um, the alternative landscape that has generally been closed to many investors. Private debt, um, private equity, venture capital, agriculture, infrastructure, things that uh, I guess uh, haven't been mainstreamed for many a year. Opportunities, investment opportunities are brought to our company or sourced by our origination and product team or generally product in the marketplace comes to us as they would go to a bank um, looking for finance or looking for for equity um, investments through DD, through investment committees, through the full process once opportunities have been or have passed muster, they are then offered to the mass market as smaller investment opportunities to help you know gain exposure to that alternative market. So we counter the managed fund sector and we, we counter, if you like, the family office sector as well. We're, we're democratising what has generally been held by a tight market. We're mm-hmm. a wholesale clients only, um, but what we do is we have uh, three funds currently that are all private credit funds, uh, different risk parameters or different risk stacks. And in addition to that, we also have direct investment opportunities for those wholesale investors on the platform. So we get a a choice, those that wish to have our professional funds team manage on their behalf, okay, and those that wish to invest themselves across a gamma of of different infrastructure, agriculture, private equity, private debt investments, they can make that up themselves on the platform. So I'm Laura Russo from Lancel. It's a a young fintech focused on helping uh, investors make better decisions with data-driven insights. Uh, We help investors figure out the real diversification of their portfolio at security level because many people just, you know, go high level at industry groups or international diversification. But you really need to go down and look at the data and see how correlated are your actual investments. 
And using that information, you may decide to make some changes if you want. Or if you are happy with your current risk return profile, you can stay as you are. But many people figure out that they may be able to do better with a better, uh, let's say, asset allocation to improve their, you know, reduce their risk and improve their return or both. And um, getting to that, it's not possible without knowing, you know, the mathematics behind and knowing the actual correlations and how each security performs and how they perform all together as a whole in your portfolio. And you found that a bunch of companies in the same sector are not correlated with each other. They're not necessarily they, correlated they have, with yeah, each other. They would be correlated, but, you know, you know more or less measure. Or uh, companies uh, from the same sectors, uh, I mean, same set of sectors, could have different correlations with other companies from the same sectors, same five. So we actually have uh, had a recent example online. We have a, like a YouTube video, was also an article where we show that two people picking the same five uh, industry groups, they end up with different uh, total risks just because the, um, the companies are not the same. They have different volatilities, but also the correlations between them are not the same just because they are from the same groups. I am Jesse Smythe, uh, Portfolio Manager at Balmoral Digital Asset Management. We are a crypto hedge fund. We do it a little bit differently to the others. We trade in a delta neutral strategy, meaning if we buy one Bitcoin, at the exact same time, we sell one Bitcoin. The end result is that we turn the crazy volatility that everyone knows and reads about in the crypto market, we turn that into an income generation product for our clients. We buy a long position in Bitcoin. Mm. The, the part that pays us the interest rate is the short position. So the other side of that is people who are leveraged long. So we provide that leverage or that liquidity. And for doing so, we get paid an hourly interest rate in US dollars. And that's how we generate our alpha. Hourly interest rate. Yes. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's an annualized rate that's paid mm -hmm. to the to the traders who are short every single hour in real US dollars. You take a 4,000 cryptocurrencies at any one time, we say you've got a trader A, they've got $1,000 in their account, but they want to trade with $5,000. So that means they want to be leveraged long. So what we do, we provide that leverage to the long, which means we are short. That obviously creates directional risk. So what we do to nullify that directional risk is we also buy another product long with that client. So therefore, directional risk is cancelled out. Hmm. And the only component that is left is this interest rate component that is paid to us. And that's how we generate returns. Balmoral.digital is the website. Um, it's a unit trust. We launched in January, currently up 11.5% for the year. We're targeting 20% um, plus for the year with uh, very little uh, downside volatility. We're, we're doing our best to explain the mechanics. The thing that people love is that it, one, it's income, and two, it's uncorrelated from their stock portfolio, uncorrelated from their bond or property portfolio. So we see it as a, as a real value add, uh, income generation, which everybody you know obviously likes. And then the non-correlation with all the other things that they own is why it's, why it's becoming popular. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. James Hull, Perpetual Director of Investment Solutions. So, are you enjoying the day? Absolutely loving it. I think it's always great. It's First of all, it's wonderful to be back out again. And uh, ASA always puts on a good show. Yep, and uh, Perpetual, you're going to be speaking this afternoon. On what are you going to be speaking? A bit of a walk around the world. So just sort of a few key themes, uh, which we've also spoken about, Phil, like inflation and, uh, and then also just the impact on other economies, go through bonds, back to equities, and uh, you know, what, what we like to look off in terms of markets. What are you feeling at the moment about inflation? Because I've heard so many different sides of it. You know, certain people think that inflation's out of control, but other people seem to think that inflation is still transitory, even at this stage. Exactly. And there's even transitory for longer, Phil. You know, that sounds like long-term inflation. But look, I think the jury's still out, to be honest. I think we we sort of have the view that there is some transitory inflation that'll come back to earth. We think there's some more structurally embedded inflation caused by, you know, uh, a whole range of structural factors, deglobalisation, decarbonisation, things like that, uh, which will be certainly inflationary for the next decade or so. My name is Oliver Manda. I'm the CEO of the New Zealand Shareholders Association. And how did you get invited here? To be honest, I, I did actually ask to attend, but I have paid my money like any good member. Obviously, there's a great deal of similarity between the issues the Australian Shareholders Association looks after and what we do in New Zealand as well. So really, we're hoping just to understand a little bit more about how we can collaborate across the Tasman. OK. And what's the, what's the shape of the New Zealand stock market like? Actually, the NZ... X has been a very strong performer over the past decade, just like the ASX. I think the NZX slightly beats it in terms of total return performance, but certainly there's, there's a lot of depth and a lot of liquidity on the Australian market as well, and it's really interesting for many New Zealand investors. And, and look, most New Zealand retail investors would, just as a matter of course, have investments on both sides of the Tasman. And I know that's something that for Australian investors, New Zealand is not something they would consider as part of their core investment decision. Oh, but, really? there are a, but there are a lot of gems on the NZX that, that really are worthy of attention, just like there are on the ASX. 
sex or something. Oh, so where can people find out more information about uh, your organisation and where some of these gems are? Well, you can certainly find out quite a lot on our website. And we do issue, actually, company reports. We cover the entire NZX, all the listed entities there, plus a few others besides. And all those reports, as a non-member of uh, the NZSA, you can actually purchase those for $2.50. And that'll give investors a really good overview for the, of the governance of the, of the company, but also the financials as well as the short financial section that we have in there also. So just to get a bit of a taste of what companies might be interested in. Hi, I'm Linda Lang and I'm, I'm from the Australian Bond Exchange. And what is the Australian Bond Exchange? So we deal in direct bonds, um, bringing bonds to the market, accessible bonds to anybody who wants to invest, retail or wholesale investors. Isn't this usually something that you need a lot of money for to buy bonds? No, actually that's I think that's a misconception there. Um, what we've been able to do is bring bonds to the retail market, so as minimum, the minimum parcels are 10000 but investing into safe companies, Fortune 500 companies, Goodyear ties, one of them, Jaguar, Rolls Voice. They're very liquid. You can enter and sell them as you please. And also, you, they've got better yield. So, starting from 4.5 to about 8%. So, you don't have to hold to maturity then? You never have to hold to maturity. I think your know, life gets in the way of people. And um, I know we had the circumstance recently where a client of ours had to go to hospital, caught up one of our directors. Pretty much the money was in their account within 24 hours. So how do people get in touch with you? Very easy, through our website, bondexchange.com.au. Otherwise, uh, we've got our contact details here. I've got my email and um, really just jump online, submit the application, and one of our advisors will call you back within the day. My name's Philip Cheatham. I'm Head of Listed Investor Relations at Charter Hall. Charter Hall's Australia's largest property manager, so we manage commercial real estate on behalf of investors. We don't do any residential investment, it's all uh, commercial real estate, so office buildings, industrial sheds, shopping centres, telephone exchanges, childcare centres, so we do invest quite broadly across the Australian property spectrum, just no residential. There's a lot of uh, debate about the future of office with people having worked from home. Our view is that uh, there's still definitely a place for the office and you see that most organisations are still keen to see their employees get together. So we see there's a long-term role for the office as we go forward. Modern offices, though, as we, as we move through this environment, they need to be more destinations. So there's particularly there's unemployment's now at 3.9% and uh, employers are fighting for talent. They need the office to be a destination that's attractive. It has to compete uh, as a place for people to go. So modern purpose-built facilities that have great amenity, excellent industry facilities uh, that meet the right neighbours, energy and uh, Green Star requirements that help tenants meet their own uh, commitments towards net zero. These are the buildings that we think are the way of the future and that tenants will look to occupy. So our office portfolio is all generally fairly modern. Um, It's well leased. We focus on uh, large corporations who are able to pay the bills and we see that there's a strong role for the office as we go forward. My name's Habib Chebley. I'm a Senior Business Development Manager within Halo Technologies and also AppSec Funds Management. So Halo Technologies uh, recently listed on the ASX under the stock ticker code HAL. It's a institutional grade global research and execution solution, SaaS, so software as a service, uh, available on the cloud. And it makes investing, researching, investing in shares very easy for individual investors to have access to 95% market cap globally, shares they can research and trade upon. 
So what kind of research does it allow you to do and does, how does it help you in choosing the right investment for yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. So first of all, all the data in Halo is provided by a global leader of financial data called Factset. And Halo was created by a fund manager, professional fund manager, Nicholas Bryan, who manages our Atlantic Pacific Australian Equity Fund. And he originally designed Halo for himself because he was using things like the professionals use Bloomberg, Reuters, Iris, etc. He wanted to have everything in the one solution. That's how the genesis of Halo came about. And now it makes it really easy for individual investors because they can utilize uh, the research in there, company announcements, technical indicators, scanning tools to scan the market. It's really focusing on the individual's need, so the individual, what your goal is or your investment objective is. So you, you determine that first, then you identify companies via metrics that meet those goals and um, execute on your plan. If you don't want to do it all yourself, we have what we call views. There's thematic portfolios in there. They're already constructed for you with 10 global companies in each view um, that give you access to global mega trends like artificial intelligence, cars of the future, clean water, whatever it might be. Instead of getting an ETF where you might have 60 shares, good, bad, and the ugly, we're trying to get the 10 best shares within that particular thematic. Mm. And that's, that's researched by an investment committee. So monitored every day and quarterly reports are provided by the investment committee on each thematic portfolio. And um, you're also representing APSEC? Correct. So with APSEC Funds Management, the fund manager there, Nicholas Bryan, he created Halo, and it's a long, short-style fund, more hedge fund style, really focusing on capital protection, minimising drawdowns, so still achieving strong returns, very similar to the market in the long run, similar market returns, we're actually slightly outperforming the market, but doing that with much less volatility, which is important for a lot of our fund investors, they're retirees, they want to avoid sequencing risk where, you know, having to pull money out at the worst possible time if there is a market correction. So we don't see large dips in, in the APSEC fund. It's called the Atlantic Pacific Australian Equity Fund, um, and yeah, that's, that's also a solution for those who maybe don't want to do it all themselves. Um, the other thing it gives you access to is the hedging. Like we're short, we're shorting ASX 200 futures contracts. That's not easily accessible for people. So to be able to do that with the fund, it's something that differentiates their portfolio and really reduces the correlation to the market. Okay, so um, this is the battle of the ETFs here. So we've got beta shares on one side and we've got ETF securities on the other side. Please introduce yourself. Blair Modica from Beta Shares. Ganesh Balendran from ETF Securities. Okay, so tell us, who's got the best uh, ETFs? We do. <laughs> well, I think you've got some good ETFs, Ganesh, <laughs> but um, I think, you know, there's there's plenty of different thematic ETFs out yeah. there in general, and, you know, there's there's different relevance for each different investor, and we think we've got some pretty strong ones, and I'm, I'm sure you guys do too. Well done, and uh, thanks for my tongue-in-cheek comment. Yeah, we, we, don't, we, <laughs> we don't actually compete in too many parts of the market, so we have a pretty different offering to the guys at Beta Shares across most areas. Our focus is more on commodities and thematics in certain regions, whereas I think the Beta guys, they've got some very unique offering and also best in class in there. Absolutely, um, Ganesh. You're a, you're a good man for saying that. But um, <laughs> yeah, look, we focus on technology and, and sort of building out a structure where we identify key megatrends in the market and then the thematic opportunity post that, that that can be investable for clients. So we're talking like more technology, cybersecurity and so forth. Absolutely. Although you've got robotics and we've artificial got, intelligence. We've got robotics, battery tech, yeah. and um, we've got tech as well, FANG as well. So then we sort of expanded that recently to include semiconductors, fintech and blockchain and hydrogen as well. So mm. covering not just the thematics across the clean energy type um, space as well. So any views on the future and where we're headed? 
Oh, look, absolutely. I'm happy to take that one. I think that's... What we're speaking to is that we're at a juncture between three key megatrends, so technology, climate change are the big ones that everyone's aware of, and then demographics as well. We're getting older as a species. So I think what we're seeing is different thematics come from that those three key junctures, and uh, and we're happy to, to release if we, if we find something that makes sense from an investability point of view over 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And uh, Ganesh, uh, commodities, how are they looking at the moment? Oh, well, they're looking pretty attractive. Um, we run a pretty extensive range of precious metals, commodities across gold, silver, platinum, palladium and a, and a basket. Obviously, we sort of see commodities as portfolio diversifiers and portfolios. Um, we do have a thematics range, but you know, obviously providing some assets which are negatively correlated to equity markets can help during periods of market volatility, geopolitical risk, which we saw during the Ukraine crisis. So we sort of see exposures there as a, as a diversifier. And on the thematic side, you know, we also do see future trends across robotics, battery tech, which are also being sort of pushed with government spending as well in the area as well. Well, I've got to say, it's great to see so much amity between the ETF <laughs> providers. Hello, my name is Emma Kirk. I'm a key account manager from Magellan Asset Management. Okay, so um, how's the conference going? How are you enjoying it? It's been amazing. It's one of those things where we've been away for so long. This is the first in-person event that we've had. This conference has a special place in my heart. When I first started at Magellan five years ago, this was the first conference I came to in Melbourne. And I'm just thrilled to be back here and seeing everybody in person. And it's strange having to come to Melbourne for the sunshine, isn't it? <gasps> the weather is amazing. It's absolutely stunning outside. So who have you got from Magellan presenting? So we have Arvid Strymon, who is our head of macro. He'll be on a panel tomorrow afternoon, just before the keynote speaker at the end of the day. And he's going to be talking about everything that's happening in the world at the moment, which is quite a lot. So everything from what's happening with uh, Ukraine and Russia, uh, we've got issues with inflation coming through, what's the Federal Reserve going to do, the impact of that on equity. We're also going to be talking about how that's impacting our portfolio and the tweaks that we've made and the new additions that we've made to the portfolio that are a little bit different to help bolster the portfolio and help ensure that we've got that capital protection in place for our investors. Oh, can you give anything away? No, you're going to have to come and listen to Arvid talk about it. But there's just just some new things in the Global Fund that I think um, your listeners and the participants will really find interesting. Tim Sparks is my name and I look after distribution and marketing for Bell Direct and we're an online investment platform. It allows people to buy and sell shares on the ASX. So how are you finding the conference? It's been fantastic. We've had some really deep and thoughtful conversations with people who are just starting out on their investment journey and people who have been investing for a very long time. There's a lot of people who have been managing their own self-managed super funds for quite a long period of time. The questions uh, get right to the heart of the issues <laughs> straight away. And um, I've been really interested to see how or the different ways that people are building out the asset allocation for their SMSFs and so how they think about constructing Australian equity portfolios and then how they're diversifying uh, that Australian equity exposure with international equities, fixed income, hybrid securities. I think there's over over 600 products now available under different stock codes on the ASX. ETFs are a very popular one, but I think we've gone through the full spectrum this year over the last couple of days. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about Bell Direct. What does it offer to retail investors? So we're an online investment platform where everything is focused on helping our clients with their investment journey. So we spend a lot of time 
providing research. We've got an analyst team, uh, about 30 analysts who provide research on 170 stocks, basically focused on mid and small caps. We've got an ETF selection tool, we've got a stock selection tool, and we've got an educational series. When clients join, uh, we give them some guidance on how to think about some very important investment principles. We talk about the different products that are available to them, and then we build out each asset class, bring it all together with some multi-asset class portfolios at the end to sort of give them sort of the main concepts to think about when they're constructing their portfolios and, and uh, ways in which we can help with their uh, investment journey to give them the best chance of success over the long term. Fantastic. Tim, thank you very much. No worries. Thank you. Hello everyone, my name is Ron Shumgar. I'm the head of uh, Australian Equities for Tamim Asset Management. Uh, we're a boutique um, investment firm based in Sydney. We offer uh, investors several products uh, in Australian Equities, uh, global equities, and uh, we also have uh, property funds and a credit uh, fund as well. You know, my role is running the two Australian equities funds, so I can talk to that. Yep. Uh, so I manage an Australian all-cap fund, uh, which has a mandate investing in pretty much all uh, ASX-listed companies. But we do focus on the uh, fundamentals, so we're looking for profitable cash-generating businesses uh, that are growing. And uh, the other fund is a specific small-cap income fund. So essentially, we're looking for uh, small caps under a billion-dollar market cap. And essentially, we're looking for value and growth companies and uh, we're looking for companies that are paying dividends so the value side of the portfolio get a very high dividend yields some of them eight ten percent and then the growth side is a very low yield but these companies are growing earnings a lot faster so that yield grows over time as well that's interesting because many people wouldn't think about small cap spaces being where you would get income from yeah it's true and in fact uh, the presentation that i gave today you know i gave an example of uh, early pay uh, which is an invoice uh, funding business. And, you know, they've been around for quite a while. They've got an amazing seven, eight-year track record of paying consistent dividends every year, even through COVID. Uh, and so there's a lot of small caps out there that, that have a, a very long-term history of paying dividends and um, uh, some really good income out there. My name is Michael Kluckner. I'm an investor relations manager at Alt-X. Alt-X is a first mortgage funds manager where you, the investor, become the bank and you invest in first mortgages. You have two options with us. One is to invest passively in a managed fund, which contains a portfolio of properties. And the other is to invest in direct property transactions, which are published on our platform once every day. And those would be in the, one of the major cities and across both the Active and passive sides, we tend not to go to a loan-to-value ratio of over 65%. So we're very conservative. And throughout our history, we've been in business since 2012. We have never lost a cent of capital or interest for investors. Our focus is purely income, so you get no upside or downside. So having said that the uh, loan-to-value ratio is 65%, if we funded a property worth a million and we put out $700,000, that's a 70% loan to value ratio, then unless the sale price of that property in our hands was lower than $700,000, you would not have a capital loss, you the investor. So that's why there's security of income and the 
income we pay you is around 7% per annum paid monthly. And what's the major difference between the managed fund and the direct investing? The major difference is there are a number of properties in the managed fund, so you might have 100 mortgages, whereas in the direct you'd have one mortgage and you'd invest per time. So if you invested $100,000 in the managed fund, you'd have a diverse credit uh, risk exposure, and if you had 100000 in one property, you'd have your risk tied up in that one property. Having said that, you might have preference in certain suburbs, and so you could choose the suburb or wait for the suburb that you found confidence in to invest in on the active side of the business. Important, please remember these podcasts are produced to provide information and education, and they're not designed to provide financial advice, nor are they a recommendation to buy shares in the companies featured or discussed. The Australian Shareholders Association does not endorse or favour any specific commercial product or company. Please obtain independent professional advice before investing. We value your feedback and questions. Please contact us at share at asa.asn.au if you have any suggestions for guests or specific questions you'd like answered. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.